is Wednesday, another edition here of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT out of Salisbury, Maryland. We cover the weather here on the TV side for the Delmarva Peninsula, also on the web. But we like to have this podcast here, not just to talk about our weather, but weather across the region, trends that are happening, uh, what to look forward to as we get into uh, you know future seasons. And of course, we look at national scale weather, severe weather events, and even talk about things happening across the world. And we've got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. We'll uh, get into what happened here in Delmarva with, again, some more rain that came through before uh, the Mother's Day weekend. We can recap uh, the good and the bad from the weekend. It was a mixed bag that we had. Uh, the National Weather Service Eastern Headquarters putting out the final snow tallies of the season. We're going to talk about that. And, yes, it is interesting to compare where we were here in Delmarva versus other places across uh, the northeast and the eastern seaboard. Kind of interesting to see some of those tallies. And you want to speak of interesting. Um, you know, the tropical season's already started. Technically, the National Hurricane Center is now classifying a storm from January to begin the season. The first, I don't want to call it a name storm. We'll get into that here in a few minutes, but a very interesting thing that happened earlier in the season. They take a look at some of the data, and they've made a change to a classification with that. And a pneumonia front, I'm going to leave that to Ulysses because that uh, you, you'll talk all about that. You're probably a little more familiar with that little term right there. Um, we talk about cold fronts moving in from Canada, and we'll get to that here in a bit at the end of the podcast here. But let's talk about the weekend. Meteorologist Ulysses Garcia joining me here this week again. Um, you know, the uh, weekend worked out like we expected it to. We we're going to have the rain on Saturday, and then it made way for a decent Mother's Day, at least for most of the area. No, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we pretty much did a good job forecasting it. We were expecting no rain. We weren't expecting any severe weather. We didn't get any of that. We just got... Uh, uh, rain on Saturday and when it comes to rainfall totals you know we got um, you know isolated heavier pockets in Sussex and in Accomack County especially Accomack County which really needs it more than anybody because they've been under a moderate drought for the last five months of the year um, everyone else at least averaged out between a half an inch to an inch of rain and that's kind of what we were kind of also calling for and what models were trending as well so we really at least got a good decent amount of rain across the area uh, on Saturday, and that really paved the way for really just a fantastic uh, uh, Mother's Day. I mean, I put mostly sunny, but really it was actually sunny, so I kind of underplayed a little bit the, the cloud cover there. But hey, you, you know, just but wanted to make sure no one was surprised if we had a little bit of cloudiness. Yeah, but yeah, a little bit of cloudiness. Sunny. I mean, obviously okay. when we're forecasting, you know, there's always a chance <laughs> that these clouds can be a little stubborn. And like Rich has said, it is a stubborn time of the year because it's funny that we both didn't bring this up, but the year before on Mother's Day was just a miserable one because oh, I updated some yes. of the graphics that we had <laughs> from last Mother's Day. And last Mother's Day, it said, I think we put 54 degrees. It was blustery, cloudy, uh, rainy. It was just dreary across the board. It was just miserable last year. And that's like what you said last podcast, how the month of May is really just a big wild card and a giant toss-up. And luckily this year for Mother's Day, Mom, was able to see temperatures in the 70s and even a few spots. I think they even made a push towards 80 as well on Mother's Day. So it was really just fantastic across the board. Oh, it was a beautiful day, a drop in the humidity too, because that yeah. started creeping in Friday and Saturday. Yeah. We're, we're now to that time of the year we can start using that. We have to use that term and uh, track the dew points that are starting to climb with each and every return cycle of warmer air that comes through. But Mother's Day ended up being great behind that cold front with the drop in humidity, uh, the sunshine that you talked about, beautiful day compared to a year ago. And I know a year ago, uh, Mother's Day weekend, just in general, that early and mid-May time frame, we had a lot of issues with coastal erosion, coastal beach erosion. Yeah. Uh, a few days there where it was so windy, uh, we were seeing tropical storm force winds at one point. So, 
yeah, the win May can be all over the place. We say that about April, but May really, I think, is the month where we can be literally all over the place. You can have frost in the beginning of the month. You can have temperatures in the 90s. Mm -hmm. You can have coastal storms that could sit there and bring us up marine climate, like you were talking about from last year, temperatures in the 50s, wind, rain. You can have it all. Uh, maybe the only thing we don't have is usually snow, usually, right? Yeah. And speaking of snow, the National Weather Service Eastern Headquarters kind of conglomerate of a lot of the Weather Service offices, not only in our area here in the Mid-Atlantic, but uh, areas up into the Northeast, uh, putting out uh, the final revised um, data from the winter season, the winter snow season. And this gets revised over time as we get later into spring. Uh, they take a lot of data and kind of quality control it and put it through um, some different methods before releasing, you know, where these locations ended up. Some of these cities across the area as far as their snowiest or least snowiest uh, winters on record. Salisbury, nothing has changed for us as we know. <laughs> we had what? A trace of snow uh, that tied for this, the least snowiest season on record and that was tied from 91 92 where we picked up a trace of snow but it's interesting to compare that to other locations in the region like washington dc out at uh, national airport their third least snowiest uh, season on record uh wilmington delaware just up the road obviously they're their least snowiest on record with about a half inch the same was out of uh um, national airport and just to go back to the dc area dulles airport about a half inch that is the least snowiest on record the last uh, it breaks the record, I should say, from 2.2 inches in 1972-73, uh, that uh, one out of Dulles. So you can see just how old at this point some of these records are for the, le the little amount of snow that this region received. I'm just looking at a few more locations here. Norfolk, which is not unheard of in Tidewater to go through seasons without snow. They had a trace, but, you know, not unheard of to see a little bit of snow, I should say. That's their tide and Norfolk for the least snowiest winter. Um, and that was a tie from 91 and 92, like ours here in Salisbury. Baltimore, Rooka. Uh, Taking a look at Baltimore. 0.2 inches of snow, number one. Previous record was 0.07, 1949 to 1950. So, you know, like Rich saying, the record, and the thing is that it's actually branches out even further. It extends through pretty much the Appalachians, extending yep. into parts of New yep. England. Um, you can even see cities as far away as, say, um, Harrisburg, second least snowiest winter. Newark, New Jersey, second uh, least snowiest. Um, even Boston, fourth least snowiest, and they only got a foot of snow. So, Well, look at this, too. Some of these areas up in New York near the lakes, um, this is actually hard to believe. You get up here toward like areas like Rochester, 50.4 inches. That's their seventh least snowiest winter yeah. on record. Um, Binghamton, New York, 61.5 inches, ninth least snowiest. Syracuse, New York, 65 and a half inches, yeah. third least snowiest. But of all these numbers here, there is one location within all these, I should say, cities within the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, and the Appalachians, and up into the Great Lakes, or at least the eastern side of the Great Lakes. Buffalo, New York, as we heard about the monumental snows that they received in a few of those events, this was their number five top snowiest winter on record. They picked up officially in Buffalo 133.6 inches of snow. Not too shabby. But you look at those numbers and you compare that to the ones uh, just down the road in Syracuse and Rochester. Well, you can see that it's double what they had. So um, it's just amazing to take a look at these numbers. But a majority of these regions had a top 10 least snowiest season on record. Um, in many other areas uh, that saw you know below average snows, maybe they didn't set any records, but they definitely were on the lower end of the scale. So 
I think a lot of factors coming into play. We talked about a strong El Nino or La Nina uh, over the past couple years that was waning. But by the time we got out of the La Nina phase, I think it was a little too late in the season. I mean, we started to see some shots of cold air and a little bit of um, what would have been maybe a month or two back into January more applicable for a snow event. We saw some of that happening in March and April. And at that point, it was a little too late for the Mid-Atlantic to see uh, any appreciable snow. So I have a feeling that this coming winter probably will be a little different. We won't have the La Nina, most likely won't have um, the effects of that in place. But speaking of cold air, I thought that this was interesting. You brought it up before the podcast. I definitely wanted you to bring this up here and talk about it. A pneumonia front. I've heard of it before, um, but you you have a little bit of uh, expertise on that. A pneumonia front. What is that? So, yeah. So, I mean, I just heard this on TV, but yeah, this is actually a term that's actually been used by the National Weather Service. And it's pretty much, uh, it's a, it's just a um, it's usually like a cold front. It doesn't have to necessarily be a cold front looking at some of the information here, but it's more like sometimes it is a cold front, but it's just usually um, it usually passes over Lake Michigan. And the thing is with Lake Michigan, it's, you know, it's a lake, so that means it tends to take, we've always talked about how the water always takes longer for it to warm up than it does on the land. And especially it says that it tends to happen during the spring and into the early summer where there's that really large difference between land and water temperatures. And what happens is when you have one of these fronts coming in, it'll bring that northeast wind coming out of Lake Michigan and it will literally just plummet the temperature rather quickly across the area and also within a short distance as well. So it could fall within, uh, between 20 to 40 degrees in just a matter of minutes, but you can see that spread even within just a couple of miles. And it's usually common in Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Green Bay are tend to be areas that they can see this, but it's usually a thing that happens in the spring and summer. Um, and it's usually characterized by results in one degree temperature drops of 16 degrees or, um, or greater. Um, and the reason they call it a pneumonia front is just because of how, um, just how drastic this drop is. I mean, yes, we have cold fronts. I guess that's why they play on the words, you know, the word cold based on, you know, getting you getting a cold gotcha. pneumonia. <laughs> so they try to play it off of that as like uh, a way to play it off just because of how drastic um, it can happen and everything. But, oh, that's very interesting. But it, it's, it, but it was a term coined in Milwaukee in the 1960s. So, um, so yes. It's probably helpful to have a pneumonia front come through in the summer um, up there in the upper Great Lakes simply if they go through a heat wave. I'm yeah. sure that it's a welcome relief. Problem is maybe earlier in the summer when people are trying to enjoy being outside, one of those kick through and kind of put you backwards, while the rest of us usually won't see anything like that, at least this far south or on the other side of the mountains. So that is a unique term. Um, Interesting to see. No pneumonia fronts in our forecast, although we're looking at temperatures remaining at or maybe slightly below average here going forward. But staying on the subject here as we're going to round out the podcast of unique or strange, how about the National Hurricane Center? Um... Uh, now classifying a subtropical storm that formed in the Atlantic Basin back in mid-January. So this was something that I know was being talked about at the time when it was um, out there spinning around. We weren't worried about this becoming a storm and making landfall or anything like that. But it was interesting that in the middle of winter, we were seeing something like that uh, go on. The potential of tropical development never really uh, gained enough momentum to be named, of course. It would have been Arlene. That would have been the first named storm. And kind of forgot about it after that. But the National Hurricane Center, going back and looking at a lot of the data, was able to say, okay, this, this may have not reached tropical storm or tropical depression status, but a subtropical storm, sure, we, we can call it that. So, yeah, absolutely. So, the, yeah, the, I remember we, 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 tra- we talked about this on air because we both showed it on satellite how 
um, you know, it was putting together. And I know a lot of people, even on social media, they were kind of a little anxious because we were kind of waiting to see if we were going to get a, a tropical weather outlook or something, you That's know, with right. the, with the uh, you know, or, and I think there may have been an invest. I don't remember exactly if there was uh, at the time, but it was definitely, you know, definitely looked like it was forming itself rather organized at the time of the year. And like Rich said, they have officially classified it now as the first cyclone of the year as a subtropical storm. Uh, subtropical storm. Um, it does not game named Arlene because the fact that it happened after, uh, you know, because it's already been, it's already happened, it's already been classified, and the fact that, you know, similar things like this have happened before. I know um, in 2005 when we had, uh, you know, that was the first time we used the Greek alphabet. I think there was a storm that they did, uh, that they said it was a subtropical storm, but never got named. Uh, so this is just where they were, you know, and I think they kind of figured it out a little bit later or something. So uh, similar thing. So what happens now is the first storm that we get now, if it becomes a tropical depression, uh, it will just be considered tropical depression too. And if that one were to become a tropical storm or a subtropical storm, it would become the name Arlene. So, uh, so that's pretty much how it would be. So that pretty much means that every depression that would go after this will be pretty much a plus one from the actual right. num- name that it is. But the names still start at Arlene. It, it will still be the first name storm. It'll be the second tropical depression. Correct. So, so you stat geeks at home, data geeks, I'm with you on that. You know, this is, uh, kudos to the National Hurricane Center for this too. I mean, they're really sticking to the, um, um, to the mission statement here of the research and, yeah. you know, the idea is getting the data and keeping it, um, as factual as possible and being willing to go back and take a look at that data and say, hey, you know, we can call this what it is. Uh, that's a, a subtropical storm. You know, at the time, when it was forming in January, I mean, it's needless to say that was incredibly unique and rare. But um, at the time, too, you know, there was a lot of discussion back and forth, and I think that that was a, a hard decision to make at the time. But sometimes when you get the data and you can come back to it and take a look at it as they did and do a little bit of research, you can really kind of finalize whether or not that should have been the situation. So still haven't had the first name storm yet. It is May, and we are getting to the point where um, we're going to be looking out into the uh, constantly warming waters here of the Atlantic and obviously uh, in Delmarva in the mid-Atlantic. For those of you listening, you know that our season, or at least where we have to keep a closer eye out onto the ocean, doesn't really kick in until later into the hurricane season or later into the summer. But our, our water temperatures are warming. I see that a lot of places are now climbing into the 60s across the area. So still a little chilly, I think, to get in, but we're getting closer and closer to the, um, I guess, the official start of the warm season with Memorial Day weekend coming up here soon. So yeah. keeping an eye on things, as I mentioned before, our weather pattern is going to be sticking to near or just below average going forward with temperatures. But uh, I'm sure the 90-degree uh, days are just around the corner. But we got to a lot today on our podcast. We're going to leave it here. and. Uh, remind you that you can always send us a note. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk about any topic or want to get to us uh, on anything you want us to expand on or just any comments, you'd like to something you'd like to hear more about here in the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Just find myself or Ulysses on Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram. Um, but for now, uh, another edition of uh, WeatherWise in the books here, the podcast from meteorologist at 47ABC, WMDT. We'll see you next Wednesday.